San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host and also Amber producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the deserts. All these uh, podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. And if you download the app for 760KFMB, you can hear this show on any device as it airs. And uh, now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a philanthropist. He's a best-selling author, a lecturer, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I am doing great, Joe. I'm getting ready to head up to San Jose. Ah, what's going on there? School? My youngest daughter, Demi, who's 19, soon to be a junior at San Jose State, she actually lost her sorority house. Oh, no. They still haven't found it. They're tearing it down to build a new one. Oh, really? So she's got nowhere to live. Do you ever, you ever try to get an apartment in San Jose? Uh, no, I, I heard the rents are ridiculous, aren't they, up yeah, there? Yeah, and unfortunately, I've got an inside source who owns hundreds of units up there where maybe, I work. Maybe she can do interning at Google or, or something up there, and, and uh, I'm sure they they probably have nice apartments right on the right on the campus there. No, for, they have old apartments on the campus. No, I'm talking about for Google, you know. Yeah, They do Google everything. They do. You know how they yeah. give you massages and do your dry cleaning and daycare. I've never worked for Google. Well, I know, but a lot of these these uh, high-tech companies, they have that anyway, I got her a place. We've got to get her moved in. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Well, good luck with that. And uh, let's see. I wanted to announce that Monday, May 6th, the, uh, if, you, if you wanted to, if you live in District 1 or even if you don't, you can meet all the District 1 City Council candidates at the La Jolla Community Center, uh, which is, you know where that is, Richard? It's on La Jolla Boulevard. La Jolla Boulevard. Just a little bit south of Nautilus. It was a very nice home that I think Florence Reifert or somebody donated and boy, they converted it into a really nice space. And uh, so that starts at six o'clock, six to seven thirty. I think all the candidates will be there. I think Bruce Leitner had another commitment and can't make it, but all the other ones will be there, including Barbara Bree. And uh, actually, I helped get that thing organized, so I'm proud of that. And Barbara's going to be on the show soon. She will. She and Gil Cabrera. So, and uh, and there you have it. And we'll talk more about Hawaii Five O later and Tommy Tedesco, but. Uh, we don't want to delay too long because we have a VIP guest, uh, no stranger to the KFMB audience and microphones. He's been here a good number of years and one of the hardest working guys in radio. He's on every day from 10 to 2, I believe, 10A to 2P, Monday through Friday. And his name is Mike Slater. Mike, welcome to our show. You guys have an awesome Statler and Waldorf thing going on here. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. The back and forth's fantastic. Stat- I don't know who's who, but it's a good combo. I like being who's, a part of it. Who's Statler and Con- Is that a They're type- the, uh, the two Muppets in the balcony. The Muppets. Oh, the- yeah. I heard of the ho- the, uh, the hotel, but uh, okay, the Muppet. <laughs> the Muppet. All right, little Muppet music during the break. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. find some clips. We'll yeah, come back. Yeah. It'll make sense. We'll go for our bumper because <laughs> we change up our bumper music all the time. But, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, you've got a fascinating history. I know you're a Yale graduate, but, uh, you know, I've looked on the website for your bio and everything. It, it, there's not too much detail. So I think the, the audience would love – I know you've got a fetus on the way or a fetus uh, in, in development, <laughs> but um, – where were you when you were a fetus and uh, born? Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have anything on that bio because they asked me to write that bio, and I don't right. like right. talking about me in here. So, so that's why the bio's short on details. I know, but you, I do know you were born outside of Syracuse and named the town. I, it's a very long name. Well, I'll go, I'll go back a little further. So I was okay. born in Denver, actually. Really? Yeah. Don't remember any of it. Moved out, and we went to... Uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then outside Philadelphia. Now, why'd you move so much? I don't you? know. No real reason. Just I mean, your, da- your dad got dad. Any, got yeah, dad was in. Transferred um, a lot. He, 
was in like land development mm. kind of stuff in the past. And so, then so he had to go over the business was apparently, right? I did not take over said business. Well, the business went out. That's why he um, ended up going from Atlanta. So you went to a lot of different schools apparently, right? Yeah, growing up. But I was in New York, Syracuse, New York most of the time. So mm-hmm. and the, the small town was Skinny Atlas, New York. Mm. So one of the Finger Lakes there, small little town. Say it again, Skinny what? Skinny Atlas. Skinny Atlas. So it's the opposite it, of Fat Globe. But I saw Skinny it. It's Atlas. a long name. It's a, I think it's an Indian name, isn't it? Yeah, it means Long Lake. So it's, <laughs> oh, really? it's Iroquois for Long Lake. Ah, see, we learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so you went to grade school, high school there in yeah. Skinny Atlas. Okay, and then... Um, well, you got into you got into Yale, so you must have been a pretty smart kid. But no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's other ways to get in. Um, so well, you, a, well, you took up swimming, I know. Yeah, so I was a swimmer by trade. Now, what, what inspired you to get into swimming, and how old were you when you got into? Oh that? man, I was five years old, and I, really? I we moved from Atlanta to Pennsylvania, mm. and we missed the that would be kindergarten. I missed the kindergarten cutoff. <laughs> So there was a year when my mom didn't know what to do with me. Uh-huh. So she, she wanted, in a pool and went to work. <laughs> or one of her friends knew swimming. I went to the swimming pool and that was it. That was <laughs> indoors, right? What's that? Indoor swimming. Most certainly. There. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, my family's from Pennsylvania. You don't even go out in the winter. No, no, no there's no outside swimming. Not much there. So, yeah, so, so that was the start of that. So you must have been pretty good. They, they're probably putting on some of these little kitty races and you probably enjoyed that, right? Yeah, and, and, I loved it. And, that was um, my life. That was my identity for... All of high school. So now, so high school, and then uh, you got into Yale, and was that on a, schol- a swimming scholarship? Or? Yeah, so they don't have scholarships at the Ivy League schools, mm. um, but they'll recruit you. So mm. scholarship in the sense of they give you money to go there. They don't yeah. do that, yeah. um, which my parents weren't happy about. My brother went to UPenn, uh-huh. um, so he didn't. they don't have scholarship. He didn't get any scholarships either. So my parents said, that's okay. We'll pay for my brother to go to Penn. Mm. Um because Mikey's going to get a scholarship to go to somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> so then, <laughs> and then Yale came calling, and then that went out the window. Uh, so I got recruited, um, really? and, that, and that's how we got it. And what year was that when you it entered? Was 03. How about Graduated that? Graduated 07. Yeah. Boy, some great people came out of that place. Why is it they all go into the CIA, I think, for some CIA reason? CIA and, uh, I mean, all the— Members of the Supreme Court, except for one, I think right now, are either Harvard or Yale Law School. So we Isn't have a ton, that, of, ton of presidents and Supreme Court justices and, and crazy liberals. But it comes it's such a great tradition of it has a great conservative tradition uh-huh. um, that is that is no longer present. Well, so does Dartmouth, for that matter. You know? Yeah, a lot of those Ivy League schools, but now yeah. they're you know bastions on the other side. But yeah. uh, which was great, actually. I enjoyed. Going so you there swam all four years at Yale. Yep. And what were your events? I know you had the individual medley. I swam slowly, but I did. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get any better, but we had a blast. Uh, I am, and uh, I was a backstroker in high school, but we needed a breaststroker, so I was sort of the utility player. I'd do whatever the team needed, uh-huh. and whatever it took for me to to stay on the team and uh-huh. and, and and survive. Uh huh. So you were you were back breaststroke and and uh, all I'm, four years, right? Yep. Okay. Wonderful. So, so uh, how does that lead to radio? Just, <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we'll, don't get jump there. we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, don't jump ahead, Richard. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty of time here. But um, so at Yale, you, when did you decide you were going to be a history major? Oh, pretty much right away. I think you have to declare after maybe your sophomore year, pretty early, I think. It's probably your sophomore year. I've yeah. got a daughter that's a history major. I'm a little bit scared now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think uh, pretty much right away, I think that's what I knew I wanted to do. I mean, the history department was great, a lot of fun, really good professors, yeah. and it's storytelling. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I love history. Yeah. Well, and there, um, I mean, what else? I wasn't going to do molecular biology, right? So I wasn't yeah. going to do any of those. I don't even know what else there'd be. I mean, but then when did you get attracted? You got attracted to talk radio at some point too. So when did that occur? Yeah, so here's the backstory of that. So my mom 
Um, so the school I went to, Skinny House, small, tiny school, graduating class like 180. We didn't have a swim team. So the nearest swim team was, for me, was about 45 minutes away, or at least the nearest team that would take me, that would let me go on their team, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't at that school. So it was an inner city school in Syracuse. So my mom would drive me there, and we'd listen to talk radio on the way. So Ooh. she is a Democrat, uh-huh. and my dad and my brother were conservatives. But the local guy, Jim Reith, WSYR, he's not there anymore, but we would listen to him, and whatever he was talking about is what we would talk about around the dinner table that night. Huh. So growing up from that, and that was high school, but we listened to a little talk before that, before I, we even did that trip. Um, and so maybe sixth grade on is sort of when I got introduced to talk radio. Uh-huh. And I loved it because it was a part of our family in a way. Was there much Democratic radio to listen to back then? Or No, not? it was no, no, no. Well, Jim Reith kind of like he was a local guy uh-huh. and, and he was sort of on, like middle uh-huh. of the road kind of guy like that. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to be the guy who started family conversations. That's, and that, that, that's why I got into radio in the first place. Well, radio, you know, back in the day, they didn't even have television. I mean, radio was it. Can you imagine? You know, we got all our news from the radio and, and they had these newsreels in the, in the movie theaters. Oh, radio's you know. incredibly <laughs> powerful and influential. Still is. You do any radio at Yale, like on uh, campus? Yeah, actually, it's, it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, do, maybe we can do it when we get back. But it's okay. an interesting story that got me into it. And just uh, the stars aligned and a miracle that it happened this way. Yeah. I kind of did radio in, in college, too. We'll talk about that. We'll You're still kind of doing radio, yeah. Joe. Kind of. <laughs> we'll come back and talk with Mike Slater and the very cordial Richard Musto right after this. Hang on. We're back with Mike Slater. I know he probably grew up with Seinfeld, of oh, course. Yeah. He's too young to remember when I saw Seinfeld at Copley Symphony Hall before he, I guess it was when he had a show, but I saw him before he had a show at the Improv in PB in, really? I want to say in the mid-80s. Oh, so yeah. when you saw him, could you see there was something special there? Well, um, every, you know what? Everyone was so um, uh, impressed that he can be so funny and so clean compared to a lot of other comics. He never even said hell or damn. Yeah. And, but Brian Regan, same thing I saw. But uh, he, the way he got that show, it's so inf- so lucky. How did he get it? Oh, it's a, it's a long it's um it's a long. You know what? If you go to the Carson podcast, I'll I'll direct you to it. But it was just yeah. the whole thing was just so fortuitous. He actually finally got a meeting at NBC. They have a meeting, and. Um, he wasn't. He goes. Well, I don't really have any ideas. I just thought once I got a meeting like this, you, you already made it. And they, <laughs> and they walked out, but uh, it was just miraculous. And then the show, they they did get a, a summer replacement, and it didn't really catch on at first. I don't know if you knew this. Wow. It was in a bad time slot, and um, but the one summer replacement show about the master of the domain that was the water cooler story no the kidding. next day, and that uh, for some reason it, it took off. See, after it's that. amazing. One thing you said there, though, I think it's so fascinating. Um, it's when you look back on a career. And you see these pivot point moments. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how did that happen? And if that didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened. Right. And you right. can go back like five or six pivot points and you're like, what in the world? How did God align that to be right there? Yeah. And then you took it this way. And, and it's just amazing how that works. So that's I, well, one of those for, for Seinfeld. Like, how did I get in this meeting? Even? Well, you know, I, we always quote Robert Evans, who was the famous Hollywood director. He said, success is where preparation meets opportunity. But you're, you're right. You know, whether the opportunity is going to get presented to you or somebody else or you know, Dr. Seuss, his story, his, he was rejected a jillion times yeah. for publishers when he started out. And one day he's walking across, down the street in New York and some guy said, uh, you know, go see my buddy at Random House. And that's how, but he goes, if I was walking on the other side of Absolutely. the street. Absolutely, that's what I mean. That's wild. <laughs> Random occurrence, Joe. It's wild. But Mike, so, you did radio at Yale. Well, actually, this kind of ties into an interesting pivot point. So I always wanted to do radio, but I was scared. It's mm-hmm. it's scary, right? I mean, 
you they just throw you behind a microphone and you talk and it's it's hard so and well, I, now, now we have two guys, three guys in the room. I then, think it's easy. <laughs> no, piece of cake now. Plus, plus Eric. Um, well, Eric is, makes it. <laughs> yeah, he's got the best voice of all of us, too. That's the, ironic that's the training thing. wheels, too. Anyone yeah. can do it with Eric nearby. Yeah. Um, Be quiet. You might have our job. <laughs> <laughs> so I was scared. Um, so And we don't, we don't have a communications department uh-huh. in college. So I kind of made my own... Mm-hmm. Through extra career. So I was, the, I was a tour guide to work on public speaking. And I wrote editorials for the Yale Daily News to work on arguments and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I took anything related to media, any courses related to media. So I sort of made it. And then, so I'd write some editorials. So John Bolton, who was at the time the UN ambassador, mm-hmm. he came to campus. I decided to go hear him talk. I was mortified by how he was treated. Really? People were booing, hissing, banging on tables. It was crazy. Yeah, damn First Amendment. I hate that. <laughs> but it was just—it was rude. It was, like, and like they wouldn't let him talk, and it was horrible. So I went home and I wrote an editorial about it. So I uh-huh. put it in the Yale Daily News, and um, the next day I got an email from two girls who hosted a conservative talk radio show on the Yale radio. Never heard hmm. of them. Hmm. And they invited me on, and it was right across from my dorm room, the the Yale radio building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went. And as soon as the microphone turned on, I said, this is amazing. I love it. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I left the interview. I don't remember a thing about it. I left the interview. I went right to the program director and said, can I stick around this summer and do it? Do this, have a show. And he's like, yeah, sure. I mean, he doesn't care. There's like, there's no one in it. I mean, there's only a few many, few shows. So he's like, yeah, sure. So that was going into my senior year. Uh-huh. So that was the only time I did radio. And I don't remember if I did one show a week or one a day. But I stuck around that year. I swam with the team over the summer and did yo- and did radio, and that was it. So it was one summer worth of radio. And what was the subject matter? Mostly political stuff, or was it uh, yes, whoever you could get to talk to? Uh, I think an attempt of what I'm trying to do right now, still, right? Really? <laughs> Just well, I mean, I loved Glenn. Glenn Beck was sort of my guy, so I kind of have always modeled the show after him. Um, well, that's funny because back when when I was a youngster, which is uh, a lot more years than um, you know than I care to recall, but um, anyway, I was at BC and the radio station had just gone from AM, and they also got an FM signal, and they needed back in the day you had to have a certain number of hours of public affairs to get you, to maintain your license. They don't have that. They don't have that anymore. It might be a good idea to re-examine. But, but Joe, it. for our listeners, that's Boston College, not yeah. before Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worth it worth might clearing be, up. Might, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, same thing. They they actually asked me to do a weekly show, and and then, and I got hooked the same same way. And I'm in this room like Eric, you know, with all the the dials and knobs <laughs> and everything. And I actually I I spent hours just finding my intro music. I mean, you probably did the same thing. Oh and, yeah. You know, just going through album. We had albums back then, folks. You know, just rooms, bins of albums. Right? Did you have those at your station? Uh, the carts. Yeah. Yeah, we had all, we had all the carts, and but now even that's two generations yeah. of technology. Well, those are technically at vinyl and you know, before the, vinyl, the carts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go before the cart. I, I wasn't even really the cart. That's Eric, BC. What's the machine next to you right there on your left? Do you know what that thing's called? Uh, I don't know what that's that what, is. That's what so I first started with. This over here is, I think this is a cart yeah, machine. Yeah, that's a cart. I never that's really a cart really machine over the there. Yeah. Whatever's yeah. Ne- that next to that, that's what yeah. I first started with. That was the editing first. Well, Since you, our guest doesn't even know most of our theme songs that we play. He's so young. Well, we play a lot of old TV shows. So we'll, <laughs> really we'll, old TV we'll show. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, but um, well, yeah. So you know, you got you got the bug, and then um, somehow you wound up in Tennessee doing radio. Now, how the heck yeah, did that? So, that so was I after had, graduation, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had like no experience. Right? Uh-huh. Um, just that summer, and I sent out a hundred resumes. 
literally a hundred. I'm not exactly, I did 10 at a time. So I know for, I did a hundred resumes. Every city in the country you could think of. Yeah. So we were driving time. back from somewhere with my buddies senior year, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we went somewhere, Myrtle Beach or something. We were driving back and my buddy had an Atlas in the back seat. So I said, can I borrow your Atlas? <laughs> so I literally went through an Atlas and circled cities that I would want to maybe live in. Cause all my friends were going to DC and New York. Uh-huh. Um, that's it. That's where they went. They're all finance guys, some med school guys, stuff like that. And they were brilliant. Like I was the dumbest on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a class of, well, there were nine of us in the end who made it. Uh, we had four 1600s on the SAT. Right? <laughs> so super smart. So these guys are med school. <laughs> one's a brain surgeon now, all this stuff. Um, so anyway, so I borrowed the ass. I, I want to go anywhere around the country. I was willing to go anywhere. So I circled everything. So I circled Tennessee and I sent out, I, I sent a resume to a place in Jackson. Now here's the thing. Every resume I sent, it was in a blue binder. I distinctly remember a blue folder with a headshot. I put a headshot on the front with a gold paperclip. Mm-hmm. And I had a CD with a demo that I made in it. Mm-hmm. And then I made a specific cover letter for that station, for that city, with the resume behind it. It was a pristine presentation. Wow. Sent out 100 of them. Uh, sent it, every single one, I was like, I made sure to know who the program director was. And in the cover letter, I included a little bit of the station or the city or whatever. Jackson, Tennessee, though, there was no website. I didn't know. <laughs> who the person was. So I, that was the only one out of a hundred where I wrote, not to whom it may concern, but like, dear program director. I think that's what it. <laughs> which I will like are the worst letters to write, right? R- right. If someone says like, dear afternoon radio junk, host, junk mail, right? Yeah, like, I'm not gonna listen to that. It was the one that I did that, <laughs> and it went to Ron Haney, and Ron Haney called me up a couple days later, and I was in the middle. I was in the yellow. Our guy, dro- our guy dropped dead. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they didn't have a show, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was the real story. They didn't have a morning show, and they wanted one, and they uh-huh. were offering. Uh, I mean, they had twenty thousand uh-huh. uh, dollars, and and I. That, that's great. Let's take it. Yeah. Uh, so went out there and and uh, did an interview and I don't know why, but they gave me the gig and well, that's at least it. at least let you keep your name. I, I remember the Larry King story. He went he went and got his first gig and it was I don't know some overnight thing or whatever. And and, and, the, and he said, well, you can't go by Larry Zeiger, the program director. Oh, that's, yeah. that's too that's too ethnic. <laughs> he opens up the phone book. He sees oh here King dry cleaner here you're Larry King oh, now. That's awesome. He goes okay, I'm Larry King now because <laughs> if I had to do over again, I'd stick with Zeiger. But uh, in in any case. Uh, there's, that's a story behind him. So uh, how, and you started when at uh, in Tennessee? Right when I graduated, so 2007, I guess. And oh, then did oh seven. four years there. Four years there. How big a town? Uh, about the size of Poway. Okay. Where's that in relation <laughs> to, I guess, Nashville? I just think I'm a big town. Yeah, so, so uh, Tennessee, long, thin state. Memphis uh-huh. is way on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Nashville's in the middle. Knoxville, Chattanooga on the far right. Mm-hmm. Jackson was uh, about an hour outside Memphis, two hours from Nashville. So it's on the west, it's west Tennessee. So west, I say the size okay. of Poway, like that was Jackson, but we covered all of West Tennessee. Uh-huh. Uh, so there are probably five hundred thousand people in the listening area. Huh. Which was, I mean, for me, it was like dream come true. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I a single guy lived in a dinky little apartment, doing what I love, trying to get my feet wet, trying to do whatever I could to get better. Right? So was it the Mike Slater show, or was it something else? No, Mike Slater. That's what I'm saying. They just gave me the show. They and I, I was the first one there in the morning. The show was from five to eight. Okay. Um, A.M. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, they gave me the keys. I opened up the joint. There you and go. And just they turned on the microphone and let me talk for turn off the yeah, dump the trash when you're done. <laughs> That's there. unbelievable. What they let me do. I don't know why. It's because no one was listening. But. We'll be back with more of the unbelievable Mike Slater right after these words. Hang on. We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And now this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. 
Big thank you to our sponsors, of course, at the top of the list, UBS with Drew Friedis and Michael Caranta. Also some special news regarding Michael Caranta, his daughter, Brianna Caranta, and her cheerleading team, the California All-Stars, known as the Commanders from San Marcos. Spoiler alert. One, <laughs> I've got to get this right, so I've got to, you know, page down here on my text. Mm-hmm. They won the co-ed national championship in Florida this past Sunday. There you go. Level three, senior co-ed, national champion, cheerleading team. So that's when I legit. asked Mike, it's cool stuff. And you know that's tough competition. It's tough competition. It, yeah. So I asked Mike, I said, send me a list of all the girls on the team. Well, he didn't. He just sent me a picture of Brianna Corrancha and her friend Nicole Soriano. But the picture of the team, if I named everybody, it would be like reciting the Chargers roster. There's so many kids on a cheerleading team. All I didn't right. know well, that. Congratulations. So congratulations, that. Brianna. Mm-hmm. That is super stuff. Now, in terms of our sponsors who don't have kids who win national championships in cheerleading, how about our favorite CPAs on the planet? Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, great C- uh, CFO service, along with our more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic, Don Epic CPA up in San Marcos. Love those guys. They survive taxis. And also Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. She's got a big seminar coming up on June 1. Check out her website for that. Our favorite bankers, we just saw Sean Puckett, also Lane Elliott with California Republic Bank, a really neat bank specializing in working with wealthy families and family offices. Also, our good friend Neil Staley with Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefit firm. Also, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Recent guest, Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul, of course, heads up SeniorSafeAndSound.org, the initiative here in San Diego to prevent financial elder abuse. And, of course, Nathan Watkins, an absolutely amazing mortgage broker, great mortgage resource with worldwide credit. Interest rates are still low. Mm -hmm. And if all that cheerleading and listening to sponsors makes you hungry and thirsty, Joe, what can our sponsors do? Well, they can get over to one of the Lestat's coffee houses. There's one in Normal Heights, the original, which also has the entertainment and music Mm -hmm. space. And then there's one in University Heights and another one about to open on University in the 1000 block, which should be pretty cool. And they're all designed differently, and I understand this one. <laughs> got some really cool decor in there. Also, the Berry Good Food Foundation, Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac, who founded it. Uh, they are a great sponsor of ours, and we will be doing a show with them in a couple of weeks about sustainable meats. And then, of course, in June, the seventh annual uh, dinner at their estate and La Jolla Farms. Maybe we can get Mike Slater to show up. The Berry nice. <laughs> Good Dinner. But speaking of very good sponsors, actually great sponsors, where can our listeners find out more about our amazing roster well, of resources? Just get over to our website, iymoney.com, and there's a drop-down menu for sponsors at the top of the page, and they can click on any one or all of them, and their information is all their bio, their contact, et cetera. And they've all been working with Richard for many years with great success, correct? In many cases, well before Brianna Coronto was <laughs> even born. Now, Mike's got a young one on the way. How many weeks is uh, your your addition? Yeah, 17, 18 weeks or so. First right one? Now. Yep. Oh, good. Your life will get back to normal That's in about a, 30 yeah. years. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. Yeah. I, hope you're, I hope you're getting some sleep now. So We're trying to uh, do, my, so my parents always called it PK, pre-kids. So uh-huh. they'd always talk about the things they did PK. Or they, they'd tell a grand story about, 
Uh, so one of the, the Slater family uh, legends uh-huh. is when they were in Mexico and they were flying in a prop plane <laughs> to the to the ruins and the plane before it crashed and they were all eaten by cannibals. Oh, my and gosh. That's how the story goes. My, oh my parents would tell it. And we'd, we'd always say, when was that? And they'd say, ah, pre, pre-K. Pre-kids. Pre, pre so we did all the pre-kids things we can think of in the next two months. Here. Are you, are you in the midst of going to baby classes? Not yet. Okay. Well, when you go, just forget everything you learn, because once once the moment comes, you don't remember a dang thing uh, but about what to do. But this is what's so wild. Like, it's the most important thing, and they just give you this baby, and then say, "See you later." Like, mm-hmm. there's no training, nothing. No, yeah, like, no of all the things that require licenses, I mean, you need a thousand hours of training to shampoo hair in California, but they just give you a human being to take care of. Well, maybe you can start sharing that with your listeners when your new one comes. You know, as, well, so, as the process goes, you could say, "Okay, this is what I did today." Well, like, you know, now what do I do? <laughs> I mean, we've got three kids, right? So for the first one, my wife wouldn't let anybody even touch the baby, Absolutely. let alone yep. pick him up. And so by the second one, you're at least comfortable. So we had the third one third one wasn't really planned so we have the third one and she's got to come home from the hospital and we're like uh do we still have a car seat somewhere in the garage <laughs> that's funny <laughs> don't tell her that but yeah that's yeah. funny <laughs> well you got to store that stuff now are, are you going to find out whether it's a boy or girl or you gonna- yeah we are we're good so we uh are, have caved to the california way in many mm-hmm. different ways mm-hmm. uh green smoothies stuff like that <laughs> lots and of kale absolutely so much kale in our diet popsicles uh, my and wife's from pickles. tennessee there's no kale eating in tennessee i'll tell you is she craving any Anything yet, uh, like no. dill pickles or not yet? No, okay. uh, not there yet. She's been okay. doing really good with her diet. I'm yeah. super proud of her. Um, but the uh, gender reveal. So we're going to do a gender reveal party, Mr. Vecchio. Are, Ooh, you, are wow. you aware of what the gender reveal party is? I oh, told that's this, a sonogram and you unveil it or something? Yeah, so, so I told my mom this like a couple of years ago. I told her we went to a gender reveal party for a friend, gender and she people. thought it was for transgendered people. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm thinking Caitlyn Jenner at this exactly. point. You know? I, 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 go out a boy. Hello, I'm a girl now. It's TMI. TMI. No, we have some friends over, and then I guess there's a couple ways you can do it, but the way that the wife wants to do it, with full understanding of how ridiculous this is, is you have a cake. So what you do is you go to the sonogram, the doctor writes on a piece of paper whether it's a boy or girl you bring that to the baker ah, and the baker bakes a bake, cake bake and the, the cake. inside of the cake is either pink or blue okay. ah. so we're all there you cut the cake it's either pink or blue hooray oh, boy or it's girl like the pope would exactly, smoke one exactly. out of the chimney so okay. Mike you know the husband gains about half the amount of weight that the wife does <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it I've heard it <laughs> so, uh, so um, any of the babies do when October, yeah. early October. Oh, really? Yeah. My birthday's in the middle, so maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe we'll hang Le- on. A li- I'll tell. Yeah, you tell my wife to keep it in a for li- a couple a li- more weeks. A li- yeah. a Libra, <laughs> That's easy. A Libra is a good thing to have. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, well, well, congratulations nice. on, on your on your. Now, my sister in law was a swimmer. Her, she came from a family of swimmers, and she was pregnant, and she swam every day. Oh, that's a good thing. Up, yeah. and, up until the day she gave birth. Right? Really? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Swimming's so good for you. No impact. Good yeah. to get your get your. Muscles loose, gets the blood flowing. You, it's such a good workout. Are you still? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Heck no. I hate it. I hate it. You'll never get me in a pool. Well, <laughs> you got burned out in the, in the water. <laughs> I, my last race was a 200 breaststroke. I distinctly remember it. And I touched that wall and I said, thank goodness. I, I am done. I wonder how these. Now, who's this guy, uh, Nat Spitz, the, uh, the more Phelps. recent one? Phelps. Phelps. Yeah. He's still going to try. Oh, again, he's huh? going to knock it out. So I don't know how many events he's going to do, but he's not going to do eight like he did. In the in 2008, yeah. uh, but he'll probably knock out five, and I would be shocked if he didn't win at least three of those. Why is so he so good? Is it just because of his anatomy and his uh, <sighs> his muscle twitch? And I mean, you have to have a certain set of muscles. Uh, I can give you, a, yeah, I can give fast you a million twitch, reasons. Slow twitch. Let me all. give you one that's kind of interesting because we mm-hmm. can talk about his mental toughness and mm-hmm. his coaching and all this stuff. He is 
enormous. So he's uh-huh. six, six, five maybe. Yeah. His wingspan is five inches longer wow. than his height. Oh my god! And more than that, he has a long torso and short legs, ah. which helps him balance in the water, makes for powerful movement. So he's built like a, a porpoise. He, he's, he, he's built speci- <laughs> like if you were to sculpt a swimmer's body, uh-huh. he's got it perfect. Huh. Now, there's a lot of different types of swimmer's bodies, but he is the, the quintessential one. And then you throw in everything else that makes him the best, and, and then you get the best Olympian ever. And, of course, he's going to be on the cover of the uh, the Green Marlboro box, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, they're yeah. marketing that in Colorado. Good lungs. Now, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, do you know that the Marlboro's marketing? Uh, I saw this online. Apparently, they're marketing um, really in, in Colorado. Um, the you know marijuana cigarettes in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Marlboro. So, yeah. They jumped. They literally Marlboro, like the Marlboro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now wow. California. You think we're going to go there with? Uh, we can get a few issues. You, know, you think we're going to go into legalizing marijuana? Yeah, in, probably. In the state. I mean, look, the state needs money. And, uh, you Tax know. the heck out of it. You know, there was, once upon else. a time, Mike, now the lottery. Uh, now, lottery is gambling, and there's a lot of people, you know, especially if you come from religious backgrounds or whatever, they think, you know, they're, they're dead set against gambling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was illegal because all that was done in the ghettos, the numbers racket. Now we've legalized the numbers racket. As soon as the state figures out a way to make it legal and get money from it, Heck, I mean, we'll look at look at alcohol for that matter, you know. And uh, there was a time when alcohol, yeah. you know, prohibition. I mean, you probably talked about that in your on your show a little bit. Can you imagine, you know, not be able to go out and get a, a beer or, or drink someplace? If you and- watch the prohibition documentary by Ken Burns, uh, uh, it's fantastic. It is very good. And if you just take out the word alcohol and you put in marijuana, it's the exact same story. There's there's no difference. There, here, I can answer this in ten seconds. Uh, the what needs to happen is we need to eliminate the federal law that says marijuana should be illegal because then states if, can decide not even states can decide but medicinal marijuana is the big thing right mm-hmm. so why we don't have oxycontin uh uh clinics mm-hmm. we don't have vicodin clinics right you go to a yeah. pharmacy yeah so the mes- medicinal I marijuana agree. should be dispensed at a pharmacy I'm a, like I'm, I'm on board with that like so. other things that are way more dangerous but they can't do it because then you can't get your federal pharmacy license we'll get back with mike slater right after this break and more good stuff We're back with Mike Slater. We're playing that in honor of Mike's wife, who's with child, because apparently that is her favorite song, right, Mike? Uh, favorite TV show. Favorite TV show. Andy Griffith Show. Of course, the song goes with the, sh- with the show. That's the way it works. So. That, <laughs> that, that and uh, Little House on the Prairie. That's her favorite Little show. House. And I met uh, Michael Landon once. Which, I'll tell you that story off the air. <laughs> this guy knows everyone. Well, I used to go What's and hang out. I used, to, I used to hang out at the back at the Tonight Show when Johnny Carson had. I used to go up there like six, uh, seven, eight times, and I met a lot of these people. Back I don't to- know anyone. <laughs> like, there's no. Well, you story know Richard that, and I now. I know so. you, t- you, you. There's no story really that could be told that I can be like, oh yeah, I know that guy. I, I don't know anyone, Joe. Well, we, well, what do I do? We j- well, you hang out with us more. Yeah, we know a lot of people. <laughs> real. We come on your show. We'll bullcrap. <laughs> I would shoot the breeze there. So. I went to Dick Van Dyke's 90th birthday party, for goodness sake. That's right. We got him that on. That was a blast. Yeah. that's yeah. There's a movie coming out by him. We'll invite you to the premiere of that. How about that? Will there be a famous person there? Because I don't know any famous yeah, people. He yeah, will, there will he'll, be. He'll, he'll be, be there. there. He'll be there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Maybe Rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> She's still around? I, I think so. <laughs> anyway, well, Mike, I know you talk about a lot of issues, mostly national of nature, but uh, like, let's talk about the stadium, for instance. Where do you stand uh, on that? What stadium? In the sta- city Yeah, which plant. stadium? <laughs> Uh, because because I you know it's recently come to my attention how Balboa Park is falling apart and if we're going to spend three hundred million bucks 
I'd rather see us put into something like that than than a, a new stadium. That's just me. But what do you think? Yeah, uh, Joe, of all the things he's asking. So, <laughs> so my libertarian principles, without a doubt, mm-hmm. say it's outrageous. There's no way we should be taxpayer funding a stadium like that. It's outrageous. You mean for a really rich family to begin with? Absolutely. It's absurd. The whole concept is absurd. The NFL knows that they have every every city over barrel. It's a Mm -hmm. prisoner's dilemma. If you don't take it, some other city will. So they Uh they pity cities against each other. It's a a racket. Yeah. Um, And I don't even know how long football will exist, to be honest. So I don't even think it's a good 30-year term investment, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so that's the libertarian side of me. thinks it's awful, horrible. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I do think it could be pitched... And they've been doing this horribly. It could be pitched as a civic necessity if they pitched it as a San Diego stadium as opposed to a Charger stadium. Well, they used to call the one in Mission Valley San Diego Stadium. Then it was San Diego Jack Murphy Stadium, and it morphed into all these names, and yep. and uh, it went through a lot of iterations. And then they needed more seating. They spent another what seventy nine million dollars, and Qualcomm stepped up, yeah. and we'll we'll build more seats because that whole eastern side was open once upon oh, wow. a time. And, um, and they find we had three Super Bowls here. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, but again, that. like so, so people say, oh, we need it for the Super Bowl. Like whatever. Like it doesn't bring <laughs> that much money. It's not. It's one weekend. Big deal. It's. But if they pitched it as a San Diego stadium, we'll have something every weekend. We'll have monster truck rally. We'll have concerts. We'll have this. We'll have that. Well, then I think you get more people involved than putting Spanos as. The the, uh, the guy who it's for. Like, well, I don't want to give eight, it. It's eight football games a year for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, I don't want to well, make the postseason hey, anyway. Two preseason. So. Come on, that's ten. But look, I, Joe, I, nobody I, goes. I want to pitch this idea. <laughs> I want to offer this thought: the the sports arena, which they call now the Valley View Center, whatever. Um, that might be a good idea to send downtown because it's indoor. A, it's nineteen or twenty thousand seats as opposed to seventy thousand ish. Uh, which they could, pro- which a convention could probably use, but you know what convention is going to in- go into a you know seventy thousand uh, seat arena? You know, not not too many need that much space, I don't think. But maybe a twenty thousand seater indoor, and of course you could partition things in there and make it look, you know, look. Yeah. You know what I mean for your needs. A lot of well, concerts they they partition and they don't use the whole arena. That might make more sense. It's going to be a tough sell, whatever they push. Yeah. We don't even have ice hockey. Probably do. It's minor league or professional basketball. What do we need with well, an the arena? Gull, the Gulls are doing great, though. Yeah, but that's minor league. Yeah, but so what? It's selling out. It's, people like it. You know, it's doing all right. Um, but you're right. We couldn't support. Uh, we've had a couple of basketball teams here, Mike. We had the Rockets, and they moved now to in Houston. Houston. We had the Clippers. Now in L.A. LA. Yeah. And San they, Diego's a funny sports town. I remember when I first moved here, my favorite sporting event of the year was the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. uh, football. So it was always, always a good game. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed to be a good game, and I always enjoyed it. Loved it. So I first moved here, and and someone invited me to do something. I said, oh, I can't. i got to watch the NFC Championship game in a couple months from now. And they said, oh, you won't watch it. And I said, what do you mean? Of course I went. It's my favorite game. They're like, nah, nah, nah you won't watch <laughs> And I said, I'm going to watch the game. It's my favorite game. And we got to it, and we went to the beach. Instead. Right? I mean, like, it didn't matter. It's, it's a funny sports town. Well, it, there's so much to do here. I mean, people back east, you get frozen in, or it rains every day or whatever, you know, and, and, the, the, and you get trapped in, and, and all they could do is watch television a lot of times. Yeah. But here, you know, you got surf, beach, mountains, desert, everything going on and here. And a lot of people coming in and out of the yeah. city. So it's a different world. It's going to be a tough sell. Which, Spanos really screwed up big time. Which is why I think Balboa. Boa Park needs some help. I mean, I, there's there's 300-pound chunks falling off buildings there. I, I just saw a report the other day. They said some total disrepair. There's mold, mildew. You know, it was only— hey, it's 100 years old. It was, it was only supposed to be a, a temporary uh, site oh, okay. right. yeah, yeah. for that centennial. But a lot, so, the, you know, the buildings were, uh, I guess, refurbished a little bit. But now it's, it's 
So the guy, one of the uh, people, the caretakers there, he said if this was a condo association, would have, this would have been yeah. condemned a long time yeah. ago. But you said something. I told somebody a couple weeks ago that professional football won't exist or any form of football in 50 years. You think maybe the same thing? Yeah, I don't think it will. It's uh, So you look at some of the best football players when in history. More, more suicides and... and uh, What's the brain damage? Yeah, I yeah know. you name it. Like Brett Favre. Right, uh, yeah. You go down the list, right? Like the best football players say they will not let their sons play football. Right. Mm. That's right. That's... That's damning. I mean, like, that's right. wild. And um, so what's going to happen is uh, Pop Warner won't exist because the liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Schools won't uh, – high schools won't have the feeder programs. And, again, the liability would too, be too expensive. And, and they'll get rid of the programs. And then the college won't have the feeders. And then soccer will become the biggest And, and look sport. at soccer. I mean, you, you, all you really need is shoes and shorts and a shirt. You don't need all these pads and helmets and all the other expense. And, and not to mention the fields, you know, with all these yeah, – demographic changes here. So I think yeah. – uh, no, it's long-term. Round, like, like you said – 20, 30, 40, 50. It'll be, it'll be a while, but there's no guarantee that football will be the number one sport in America forever. You're probably right, because I remember back in the talk about the improv back in the day. I mean, and, you, and Richard, you also remember, uh, if you go into any bar or restaurant, people were smoking, and you were thinking, we're never, and, and on airplanes, people could smoke yeah. and say, we're never going to get rid of this. And sure enough, you know, uh, the, the, the the appetites and tastes change over time. And, and of course, you have the junior sayouts of the world, you know, committing suicide, and you get more and more of these tragic stories. Not to mention this film that came out with uh, Will Smith. Concussion. Yeah. Did you see it, Richard? Or, it's good. Yeah. It was based on, uh, you know, true story. And then, of course, that documentary also. So, do you have any favorite documentaries or films, Mike, that uh, that you and your oh. wife like? Or, hmm. by the way, did your wife? Did you meet your wife in Tennessee? Or? Yeah, we did. Let okay, me answer that cool. question because okay. I don't know much documentaries or films. I don't mm-hmm. spend enough time doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah we, we met in Tennessee. So she went to school. She was in college when I when I met her. Yeah. Uh, in about a town maybe twenty miles south. Here's here's the quick story. My our intern uh-huh. uh, had a studio, mm-hmm. and she was right next to our studio. I never went into it ever. Mm-hmm. I never went in her studio. I went in this one day, and she was on her Facebook page, <laughs> and I walked by and did a double take, and our intern was on my wife's Facebook page, ah. and I said, who is that? <laughs> and that's how we met. We, really? so we went on a blind date, sort of, for, through that. How about that? And that was it. So you were Facebook- uh, Facebook friends. Entry. How Face, about that? Face, Face, met through Facebook. We got to get that story to Zuckerberg. You know, There this you is go. A, that's a connection. How many Facebook relationships and marriages, how many marriages have occurred due to Facebook? Well, and how many have ended due to Facebook, yeah. too? So, <laughs> I don't know if it's a net win or not for Zuckerberg. Oh, that's a, that comes later in the, in the deal. So. <laughs> no, that's how we met and uh, imported her out here to uh, California. And Isn't here we great. are. She like it out here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where'd you guys settle? Was, what part of town? Uh, so we lived in lived downtown first, uh-huh. um, right across from the new um, the new Horton Plaza. Uh-huh. So we were right across from the Grand. Okay. Um, so we lived there and then Mission Beach. Wow. Had a tiny little place in Mission Beach, 600 square feet, falling apart. But fun. Loved everything about it. It was right, uh, on, the, right on the water. It was beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't take it anymore. So, <laughs> so then we were super blessed and were able to buy a house, and now we're in uh, Del Sur. Wonderful. Well, those are all great areas. Good and terrific. You're right near San Diego State now and, and everything else, so so that's terrific. So what, how do you spend your free time uh, uh, other than reading the baby books? Yeah, I think that's it now. <laughs> I, 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 don't, like, I don't even know if it's worth trying to find free time uh, because it's going to be gone so soon. What's the point even? Uh, you know, I'll tell you my... My favorite thing to do, and I don't do enough of it, is to go uh, rock climbing. Really, indoor rock. I don't do. I did outdoor once, and it was uh, poking death a little too much. Um, indoor rock climbing, because I'll tell you why. It's the one thing that I can do that when I'm on that wall, Picture. you can't think you of anything can't else. Can't 
think about anything else. Yeah. It's impossible. So I do CrossFit. I do CrossFit every morning. And Other that, than that, I, that hope the, I hope the rope is exactly. secure. <laughs> and I love that. And time goes away, right? I don't. Uh -huh. I literally don't know how long you're on that rock. And it's a puzzle. Every step's a puzzle. And you got to figure it out. And it's a great success when you do. And you get scared a little bit because you don't think you can hang on. And yeah. it's just enough fear. So I love that whole experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And Richard can set you up at Belmont Park on their wall. And there's another one in Mission Valley, which yeah, you probably Belmont know Yeah, Belmont Park's about, got a great so. one. But anyway, Mike Slater, thank you Mike, so thank much. You. Oh, Joe and Richard, what really a pleasure. appreciate it. Our pleasure. And Richard, good seeing you. And uh, um, Eric Rubacava on our board making us sound terrific. Eric Rubacava. We had one So handsome. And we'll see you next week. Caitlin Author, crime author, next week. We'll hang on. And uh, we'll see you next week. IYMoney.com. All these podcasts are commercial free. Bye now.